Electric Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated entirely to sports and only sports. Today, 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 we talk NASCAR. Now here are your hosts, Ty, Amos, and Chris. All right, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Nice to have you on the show today. Back with another NASCAR show. We got lots to talk about. It's going to be a rough day for Chris because he's really going to have to walk the fine line here and, you know, not throw his boy under the bus too much, but he's going to have to be harsh. I think he's a little nervous about it. Isn't that right, Chris? No, as far as I'm concerned, throw him under the bus and back back over him. Oh, ow, harsh words. You, you might know, as well burn all your You know, your cheaters bush stuff just now. never win, and he proved it. He's won a lot of races, though, so I don't know about that. Uh, Amos, we know you'll have fun opinions on this one, as always. Well, I mean, the only opinion that matters is NASCAR, and I think <laughs> they pretty much put the smack down this week. So. Yeah, so we'll, we have multiple penalties to talk about, uh, not just involving JGR, but also not too long before we come on the show, talking about Michael McDowell and what penalty got handed out to him, and potentially a uh, penalty coming for Ricky Stenhouse Jr. for a similar thing. So be interesting. Uh, we're also going to talk about Pocono, and honestly, I think majority of the show will probably be looking at the standings again, the remaining schedule, and uh, kind of going over, like we did last week, You know what's left, what is still going to change in these standings, because I think... Yeah, it's good to talk about the races, but once it gets this close to the end of the season, it's very much uh, watching that playoff line and who's going to get into the chase. Uh, and then we'll look forward to Indianapolis on the road course. You excited about that one, Chris? Yeah, I am. Actually. Okay, you are. Good. Uh, it was an entertaining race last year. So Looking forward to the weekend because they're Might racing the Indy cars uh, on that same course on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be... So back to back days, right? Yeah. On the road course should yeah. be interesting. Looking forward to the weekend. Um, all right. So we, we wanted to get to this last week and we ran out of time, but I do want to talk about it. So, uh, let's talk about the contract situation, uh, with JGR and Kyle Bush, Chris, I know you want to talk about it last week and we didn't have a lot of time. Um, kind of interesting. What I saw at New Hampshire was Kyle Bush voicing some displeasure about still not having a deal. And then after this Pocono race, JGR made comments, I don't know if it was Gibbs or it was someone, I think it might have been Gibbs, that they had sponsorship lined up from the sounds of it, but it's belled on them. Um, they're having a tough time securing that. So, Did it bell on them as a result of the DQ? I, I don't think so. That's not what he made it sound like. Uh, he made it sound like it was prior to the race in Pocono in general. So... You know, Chris, uh, what's your opinion here? You were talking off-air last week about maybe Kyle Busch doesn't go back to the 18, and I find it kind of hard to believe, but uh, what do you think? Well, at this point in time, I don't know what to think, to be honest with you. <laughs> okay. Because... <laughs> it seems the, fair. <laughs> well, I mean... No, it does. It seems when, fair. <laughs> when you look at the whole economy, you know, the, mm -hmm. the face of the whole economy, and I know we don't want to get political here, but the reality is... You know, a, a $25 million sponsorship of a NASCAR race team, that's a pretty big nut, you know. And I can totally see some sponsors basically saying, nah, given the, you know, given the whole situation, I'm mm -hmm. not sure I want to buy into this program or any program for that matter. Yeah. So you think the sponsorship, uh, trying to find a sponsor is actually tougher than I've been making it out to be, huh? Well, 
It must be because, as, uh, as I recall, I, I clued you in that they had actually hired the firm that's part of track house racing that basically hunts down and, and gets sponsors signed up. Right. And those guys are supposedly pretty efficient at what they do, and yet they're still having issues. So I don't know. You know, uh, I think that Kyle Busch will end up in the 18 car, and I think it'll have full sponsorship for the year. Yeah. But it's probably going to be multiple sponsors as opposed to one big you know, M&M's type thing. Uh, are you nervous of the potential that maybe he's actually not in the 18 next year? I mean... No, it, I no? think he's going to end okay. up at JGR. Okay. The problem with it is, is, you know, there's too many up-and-coming teams out there that are, lock, you know, they're kind of licking their chops thinking, hey, if I can land Kyle Busch, yeah. you know, that immediately makes me more competitive, which that's not necessarily true, but it yeah. wouldn't hurt. So... so yeah, I mean, I would just have a hard time thinking that he wouldn't be in that 18 car. But we'll see. Uh, Amos, him, and Mr. Gibbs had kind of a weird interaction after the race. I don't I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Gibbs walked up to him, kind of, you know, gave him a little pat on the butt, said, oh, like, so I'm sure something like, nice race. And Kyle didn't really, like, acknowledge him. It was kind of weird. I can show you guys the video later. Do you think there's something more going on in the negotiations at this point? Um because I don't totally buy into the whole sponsorship excuse is really what I'm getting at. So do you think there's there's more going on behind the scenes, maybe on a personal level with this deal? Well, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's personal. But, yeah, I think there's more going on than what we, are, what we have privy to. So from everything that I have read or I understand, JGR earlier in the year was close to signing a deal with the uh, Oracle, who is basically a technological provider through internet and other means. And the deal fell through because Oracle decided to sign sponsorship with Formula One. I don't know if it was with a team or with just Formula One in general. So that's where the money went instead of to Joe Gibbs. Mm. My personal feeling is uh, the longer this drags out, the more likely Kyle Busch is not in the 18. And I think it's because of him, not because of sponsorship or Mm. JGR. If... I'm a sponsor, and I don't have my – you don't have your driver. Are you sponsoring the car or are you sponsoring the driver? Eminem sponsored the driver. They didn't sponsor JGR. They didn't sponsor the car. Yeah. They sponsored the driver. The driver made Eminem's a pile of cash over the last however many years they were the sponsor. Yeah, I'd bet. So, in my opinion, they've either come to an impasse on the contract agreement or Kyle Busch is – keeping a really tight lip on his plans. Does he go to another team? Does he start his own team? Does he just retire in general? Who knows? JGR's drivers are long in the tooth, except for Chris Bell. I mean, all Truex, Hamlin, and Bush have been there for years, yeah. double-digit years. So, I, you know, if they were able to sign an extension with Truex Jr., why can't they sign an extension with Bush? Like, what's the holdup? So, my opinion – my, I don't see Kyle Busch in the 18, and I don't think they announce sponsorship for the 18 until they get a new driver. So you actually think that the sponsorship is slow because Kyle Busch might not actually be coming back. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sp- I'm sponsoring mm-hmm. Kyle Busch. I'm not sponsoring oh, yeah, I would, the yeah. car. I'm not going to – I'm sponsoring him, not JGR. And that's how a lot of the sponsors are, really. I mean, mm-hmm. look at Eric Amarola, where he went – 
Smithfield went, where Kurt Busch goes, monster goes. So, yeah, I mean, it's a hefty, hefty price tag to be a sponsor for a NASCAR quote-unquote driver. So sure. I think part of the reason they can't get a sponsorship is because they have not had they don't have Kurt Busch signed to a contract. So Carl. I'm not yeah. or Kyle Busch. I'm not spending. I'm not giving JGR twenty million dollars for a dry, for a Cup team that doesn't have a driver. So Chris, let's say he's not back in the eighteen. There's more going on. I'm sure we'll find out as this whole process drags on. There's not that many places for him to go. So by speculation purely. Uh, where would he go if it wasn't 18 next year? Or would he retire? Uh, I don't know if retirement is on his plate yet. I wouldn't think so. But uh, when you say where would he go, I think he burned his bridges behind him with Chevrolet a long time ago when he was with Hendrick. Fair enough, yeah. And I don't know if Ford wants to take on the personality that Kyle Busch brings, but they did go to Tony Stewart Racing, so it's possible. Maybe he's yeah. holding out for the ride in that number 10 car at SHR, you know? <laughs> do, what do you think, Amos? Do you think that's – I don't really – I just don't see it for some reason. That's I don't see Kyle Busch in a Ford and driving for Stewart Haas. It just seems like a weird – and I can give you my ultimate conspiracy, but I don't see it. What about you? Well, I agree with Chris. He's burned his bridge at Chevy. He he's not going to go, and unless Trackhouse starts a third team and he goes to Trackhouse, what other Chevy teams he going to go to? Hendrick's yeah. not going to take him back. They don't. Besides that, they don't have a seat. Um, no. the only Chevy he could go to is, in my opinion, that's worth his. His driving, you know, quote unquote, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, worth his time is Trackhouse. And if he's not at JGR, where's he going to go in the Toyota? It's like, I mean, Denny Ham, like 23XI yeah. and JGR are essentially the same. And they had a, a guy from Toyota that said in an article, he's, they, he's, they're up against the wall and they got some heavy lifting to do. So, I mean, unless he starts his own team with pure, you know, this is purely speculation, starts his own team with a new manufacturer or just starts his own team with Toyota, mm -hmm. where else has he got to go? So, what other yeah. Ford team can he go to? Yeah, this is this Penske, is my... Penske or... I mean, maybe Kevin Harvick retires, he takes over the number four. Yeah, I just, I just don't see it. Um, my big conspiracy... And the longer this draws on, the more I'm kind of speculating is we've heard rumors that maybe a new manufacturer's coming into NASCAR. And I always I always liked the idea of Junior jumping in with whoever that would be, but why not Kyle Bush making his own team? Say it's Honda or Dodge or whoever. Uh, why not? You know, what what would he be out? Because he already knows I mean it's a little different, obviously, but he knows how to run a team and in the trucks and Toyota's been good to him with that. But if, if a new manufacturer wants to come into the sport, Kyle Busch would probably be a great guy to work with yeah. because he knows what's going on. Well, I don't think Chevy's going to let Junior Motorsports go to another manufacturer. Chevy's all we also Junior's think, known. We also so, didn't think that they'd let Tyler Reddick leave the Chevys. And well, yeah, but that's, you're, that's, not, that's not even in the same sure, no, I know. orchard. 
Tyler Reddick in junior motorsports. I mean, arguably, arguably Dale Jr. is still one of the most influential and favorite people in NASCAR. So I, what about he's this? Chevy? But I mean, why why not Kyle Busch retiring, taking on an ownership role as Tony Stewart has, yep. starting fresh with a new manufacturer? I mean, isn't that the whole point of this new next gen car is to bring in better competition, make it easier for everybody to be there? Supposedly. I mean, my my opinion is whatever Kyle Bush does, it's gonna be a big deal. And I don't think he's going back to the eighteen. The deal's being hung up mm-hmm. because of Kyle Bush. Not because of sponsorship, not because of JGR. It's cause of Kyle Bush and he's got something cooking. Imagine this. Junior Bush Motorsports. Dodge is the as the manufacturer. Noah Gregson is the lead driver. <laughs> Boom! We've made the team. Me, bring Matt Benedetto back in. <laughs> Zane Smith. Heck yeah! Start it fresh. I don't. I don't think it, uh, Chris is liking this idea. No. I think it's a a long, long shot. All right, just Bush Motorsports with. Uh, Dodge. How about that? Is that a better? Uh, that one I could buy into a little bit. Did he better. ever drive for Dodge? Does he have any no. affiliation with Dodge? Well, dang. It's Was a fresh he, relationship. Beating it's the a crap out of him in the truck series. It's a fresh him. relationship that he can destroy. <laughs> Was he driving Excellent. for JGR when they were running Pontiacs? No. Uh. No. That was because Tony Stewart was, was still with JGR when they were running Pontiacs, and then they switched over to Toyota. We'll go with it. See, I, I, that would seem I, right. Just the, the longer sure. this drags out with – there's plenty of sponsorship. There's guys lining up. that You know that I, Kyle I mean, Busch yeah. can put together uh-huh. five or six guys to – Sponsor his team. I mean, if I had the money, I would be running out to sponsor yeah. him. If because yeah, I know if I, I'm gonna, I, yeah, if I I'm was gonna a billionaire get <laughs> on TV, yeah, my sponsor's gonna be out there. I'm gonna get a return because they're gonna win races. Like he's gonna have yeah. a bazillion tweets, whether he's <laughs> being an ass because he won and standing up there in his car and doing his little bow thing, oh, no. or whether he's like, it's trash, we suck, he's an idiot, <laughs> while his sponsors plastered across the. I mean, come on. <laughs> you you are he is a cash cow for any cash sponsor. Cow. So yeah, okay. It's not sponsorship. It's purely him and my and the longer this drags out he's he's got something cooking. He's done playing second fiddle to Joe Gibbs. So <laughs> All right, so Chris thinks he's staying. You'll see him in the 18 next year. Amos says he's going somewhere else and now I got the ultimate conspiracy with Dodge coming back in. Honestly, I want like Honda or something that'd be preferable. All right, um let's move on. Let's go to Pocono. This situation will continue to develop with Kyle Bush and I'm sure we'll look at Chris and be like, "Well, Chris, you were right. How's it feel?" And he can be like, "Yay." Does that make you feel good, Chris, if that's how it goes? Sure. Okay. All right, let's talk about Pocono. Um Chris, give us your ultimate take on Pocono. How did you enjoy it? Thumbs up, thumbs down. It was a typical Pocono race. Typical Pocono race, yeah. huh? Okay. Uh, I missed a lot of it because I was off, you know, doing things with the family. Gallivanting. Yeah. I got home in time to watch the last 20 laps. I, maybe I didn't even make it home in time for the last 20 laps. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I didn't watch a lot of the race. I listened to a little bit of it on the radio. 
I think I checked out about the time that Hamlin put Chastain into the wall. Now, now, I don't want to, I don't want to burst your bubble, but I well, don't know if he put him into the wall. Whatever. Anyway, they ended yep. up in a wreck. Yeah. And then Hamlin came back and ended up. <clears throat> let's see. How would you phrase this? <laughs> he finished really well, and then got DQ'd. All right, so the big storylines for Pocono. Um, a few things. Before we found out about the DQs, obviously everyone was freaking out about the Chastain-Hamlin situation like Chris just brought up. Uh, but the Toyotas ran really well, specifically Hamlin and Bush all day. Harvick was having a nice day before he got taken out, and uh, Elliot looked nice too. So, like, your top three guys that qualified in the top three, they finished one, two, three. So there wasn't a ton of drama, I guess you could say, right, Chris? No. Um, but what drama there was after the race, pretty interesting. Um, real quick, I just want to give my take on the whole Hamlin Chastain situation. Uh, not comparable at all to what we've seen Chastain do to Hamlin. And I don't think that whole situation's over. So I expect more to come and I like it. Um, not that I wish any harm on Chastain, but I'm glad he finally got some of his own medicine because, it's ridiculous, and everyone that was like, oh, well, thanks a lot, Denny Hamlin. You took out Harvick in the process. Chastain, wrecking all the people he's wrecked, has taken out lots of dudes in the process too, so it happens. Uh, but I kind of saw it as they were racing. Chastain got ran up the track and ran into the wall. I don't really think he got wrecked, but you know, Hamlin said it pretty good, I think, in the post-race. He just ran out of room. What do you want me to do? And I thought it was pretty good. Um, all right, let's talk about... Elliot and, excuse me, not Elliot, Hamlin winning the race, Bush finishing second. They were great all day, and then it comes out later that they had illegal modifications to the front of their car, um, pieces of tape about the thickness of your iPhone screen is what I read, uh, two inches wide, about five and a half inches, four and a half inches long, somewhere around that range. They were positioned right from what I could tell, I, d I didn't see the pictures of where they were, but they were over the front of the wheels, uh, right in the front bumper area. Now, this was a little surprising that they got DQ'd from the race because of this when you hear how big the piece of tape was. Uh, obviously, it gave them some great advantage that hasn't totally been explained to us while we're recording now. Um, I'm sure more will come out as we go out throughout the week. Uh, but this is the first time in 62 years that a winner of a NASCAR race has been qualified. Last time it happened was in 1960 uh, when the winner of a race was disqualified for an oversized fuel tank. So, Chris, uh, let's hear your take on the Cheater Cheaters <laughs> at JGR. Um, this is very unprecedented for a winner to be DQ'd from a race. So give us your thoughts when you heard it and then what's come out since. Um, what's, what's your, what's your thoughts here? Well, based on the fact that Joe Gibbs racing is not going to appeal the penalty. Oh yeah. I didn't mention that part. That was interesting. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that there were some people that I'm not going to say Hamlin and Bush knew, uh -oh. <laughs> but there were some people not too far below them that knew what they were doing mm -hmm. and probably were just crossing their fingers and hoping that, Oh crap, I hope we don't get caught, you know, type thing. So you think it was very intentional? Well, I can't see how it was accidental. 
Oh, it was very accidental. It was an oversight no. in the build process, and we apologize. No. Is, no, was there okay, statement. so if it's an oversight in the build process, <laughs> then NASCAR needs to find themselves or the <laughs> chassis, right? Because like they don't put the cars together. They uh, wrap the car, This right? particular they situation. They have CAD specs that they're supposed to follow while assembling the car. By my understanding, the tape was located underneath the wrap that was on the car. Right. So that tells me that that tape was purposely placed there. Uh-huh. What amazes me is, is when you look at a four by two inch piece of tape mm-hmm. underneath the wrap. I, I mean, are these cars that touchy aerodynamically that that small of an amount of tape could create a situation where they could just trounce on the on the field and beat them as bad as they did? And I have a hard time buying that, but I guess it's possible. So they were fast all day. They qualified oh, one yeah. two, um, really good cars. So I think, now look, I don't claim to be an expert in the aerodynamics or or the engineering of these vehicles. I love the sport, and it's fun to watch. I won't say I know all the ins and outs of it. But it's obviously been deemed by NASCAR to be a big enough violation (laughs) that it it, uh, wasn't just a fine, it was a DQ. So I think, I wish they would tell us, like, what exactly... Well, the but, but piece of tape this. did to make it such a big deal to DQ them. Yeah, but think about this, too. Nobody got suspended. Nobody got docked points. They True. just got DQ'd. They don't even have to pay a penalty. Just DQ'd. But just DQ'd, they lose out on all those points. I understand And that. the money for, for the prize But they don't lose money. their crew chief for four races. They don't have to yeah. clip out $100,000, which, like Front Row Motorsports, you know, they, they found something wrong with Michael McDowell's car. Mm-hmm. They're up... Or they're down three hundred k cumulatively, plus they lost all you know a hundred. Well, let's see, they lost a grand total of two hundred and ten points. Yeah, you know, in the whole thing, and but they still got you know their position in the race, and it's like, I think I'd take the I'd take the chance and take the DQ over that, just because the cash penalty is a lot less. Well, know? Hamlin can. Hamlin can afford to take the DQ because he has wins, so that's okay for him. But I don't know, that prize money, that sucks. And then now you know that you're under the microscope of NASCAR. Well. Because, so do you guys remember last year when this situation happened with some of the Chevys, and more specifically the Hendrick Chevys? They had the alteration in the noses, and they got in a little bit of trouble. And then after that, they weren't doing as good the rest of the season. I almost wonder how long this has been happening with the Toyotas because we've all commented over the last few weeks how good they've been running. So I kind of think that they found something here and they were working with it and getting away with it, and then they finally got caught. Because I also read that the 20 and the 19 weren't inspected because they weren't required to be inspected. Right. So... Who's to say they didn't have the well, same and, exact thing on their about, cars? What about the 23 and the 45? I know. Well, it's, it's six Toyotas, so we'd imagine they mostly work together and figure oh, stuff like this out. they absolutely work yeah, together. It's Toyota R&D. So, yeah. I mean, well, Toyota, well, let, Toyota was like, oh, how could this happen? This is <laughs> it's, it's just such a surprise. Well, let's let's examine some stuff here, right? Yeah. So, Hamlin Bush go 1-2, dominate uh-huh. the race, dominate qualifying at Pocono. Yeah. Okay. Martin Truex at New Hampshire dominated the race, finished fourth. Christopher Bell won the race, led a fair amount of laps. He's been sporty all season. And then I'm going to be honest, Bubba Wallace has kind of come out of nowhere in the last yeah. 10, 
five, five, six races. Like I'd he say was the last garbage four for sure. He was garbage for a while, and, and I, then all of a sudden he's qualifying in the top five. He's running in the top. Five. I'm yeah. not saying Bubba Wallace is not a qualified driver. He has every right to be in NASCAR. He's worked. He's come up through the ranks. He's yeah. he is a good driver. Bubba Wallace gets a bad rap. Everybody at this table gives him a bad rap. <laughs> but Bubba Wallace deserves to be a NASCAR Cup Series driver. End of discussion. Right. But like all of a sudden yeah. you're you're running you're going from running twenty sixth, qualifying thirtieth, having pit crew miscues to running in the top five, qualifying yeah. in the top five. Yeah. The, well, the well, turnaround. No, I'm, I'm sorry. There's that I turnaround mean, <laughs> is just hard to believe. Yeah. Look at the performance yeah. of the 45. I mean, yeah. here's here's a car that had a substitute driver in a borrowed fire suit and helmet stuck in it at the last second, literally, mm-hmm. and he finishes 16th in the whole 16th. deal. Well, not one Toyota qualified worse than 11th, and excluding Ty Gibbs because I think he gets a pass. They all finished in the top 10 before the two DQs. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not trying to say um, there's a ton of ill will out there from the Toyotas, but their uptick in form and their their performance over the last few races and then getting caught with this, it kind of says to me that they've been doing this for a few races and they pushed it a little too far this time, got caught, and it's come back to bite them. And I almost wonder if this... Chris, you brought up the fact that, well, they didn't get penalized as far as, you know, fines or points. I almost wonder if they took away the the win and DQ'd both those guys from top two because they had the idea that something was going on for multiple races. They found out what it was, and then that's they're like, okay, well, we're going to hit you hard with this instead of, you know, fines and stuff. Because this just seems really harsh to take away the win, or is it maybe just me, Amos? No, I mean, it, we all know who won the race. Denny Hamlin won the race. Sure. Fine. Yeah. We all know that Chase Elliott's going to get the credit for the win. He's going to get the points, and it benefits him immensely. But he also knows he didn't win the race. Yeah. Yeah, D, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, they can take a DQ. They're in. I, I agree with Chris's analysis of, like, poor old Michael McDowell. That hurts that team quite a bit. But in the long run, McDowell's probably not going to win. So I don't know that I we're comparing apples to apples here. I just feel like it, it does put Toyota in general under a microscope. I just... I don't know, and and maybe NASCAR will still hand down further suspensions and fines as the season goes on. Who knows? Yeah. But I mean, I, I I think it's I think it's a big deal. I think if Denny Hamlin didn't have a race win up to this mm-hmm. point, and that was his chance getting in, he'd be screwed because I mean he's been running lousy up well, to this point. He's he's twentieth in the driver. Yeah, points. I mean twentieth. You know he lucked in. I'm sorry. He lucked into Richmond, mm. and I mean, I guess he had a decent car in Charlotte. I mean, whatever. He he didn't lead. He wasn't the best car of the day. Yeah. So I mean, this could have potentially been a big deal for Denny Hamlin's season. Yeah. Had he been in a little bit different position, and it's I mean, on, let's be honest, Denny Hamlin has not run that well all season. We talked about that all se- all year long. So 
you take away his quote-unquote little advantage with that small piece of tape, he may just turn to complete trash the rest of the year. So, uh, All right, let's just to clear up that Michael McDowell penalty. I, we haven't talked about it, but we've referenced it a few times. Um, so at, they confiscated the 18 and the 11, which we knew that was bad. And then there was no appeal. But in the in the confiscation of those two cars, they also took in the 34 and the 47, uh, Michael McDowell and, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Uh, it was released Tuesday afternoon that NASCAR had leveled, and this will get a little word wordy, so I apologize. Uh, they leveled a L2 uh, uh, penalty towards the number 34 and front row motorsports. This penalizes them 100 driver points, 100 owner points, and if they win a race and get into the chase, 10 playoff points. It's a $100,000 fine. They broke three sections of the code, uh, 14.1 C, D, and Q, as well as 14.5 A and B. Uh, it applies to body work and overall vehicle assembly and the modification of single-source parts. So it's kind of similar to what we saw Kislowski get in trouble for. We talked about it in preseason, about how they're going to smack down on what seems like minuscule <laughs> infractions with big penalties in points and money. So another one here. Uh, but just to kind of finish up the whole Toyota discussion, Chris, do you think that Toyota finds a little dip here? They get caught. Uh, will they perform well in these next five races? Uh, not so well. Uh, do you think the tape was just a fluke and they're just going to race well? Boy, it's a hard one to call. Uh, I think they're going to be under a high level of scrutiny going forward. Probably. Uh, I don't know how they're going to do it in Indianapolis because they're probably – I mean – and I'm purely speculating because I don't know, but I got a suspicion that Joe Gibbs Racing probably released a few people in the last few days. Ooh. Yeah. And so they may have a drop-off just from the fact that they've got some holes in their staff right now that they need to fill. Need to find the people that can cheat well enough not to get caught. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then it all depends on who who was behind this little deal anyway. If it was TRD development, you know. Oh, if man. it was Toyota racing themselves, I mean... The conspiracy runs deep in Chris's mind. Well, I just can't fathom how A got picked up yeah. in the wind tunnel, because that's where they had to have discovered it. Yeah. And B, I can't fathom that a genius at, at Joe Gibbs Racing and or 23XI said, you know, why don't we go ahead and see if we can slip that piece of tape in there and see how it goes. You know, I think this thing came down from TRD themselves. I think it's very astonishing to also think about how just small alterations in these cars can create advantages that are actually very noticeable. So uh, Amos speculated that it probably helped them with downforce. Um, oh, I'm sure it did. And so that's probably where the advantage come from. So far, I haven't seen anything like official from NASCAR saying exactly how it benefited them so greatly. Um, so we'll, we'll keep seeing, waiting and seeing if that comes out for sure. Uh, let's talk about how Chase Elliott gets the win after this. So this gives him another win. Uh, what I believe in the last four or five races, this is five races, three wins, two top twos. <laughs> Very impressive. Uh, looking scary, almost giving you Kyle Larson vibes headed into the chase with all this momentum he's got. Now, look, I know uh, Larson or Elliott said, oh, well, I don't really count it as a win, but it's a win. And he gets another leg up on everyone else, more playoff points. He's got to be the favorite, definitely headed into the chase. 
Well, I think he, he was before this. And he's favored to win at Indy. You think so? That's no. what. Oh, the, that's what they say. Odds, oh, okay. Yeah, that's what the odd makers are saying. On top of all this, too, with five wins, um, he hasn't won on a road course. Four, four wins. Four sorry. Wins. Excuse me. Four wins. He hasn't won on a road course. Yeah. So, two things I want to put to bed. Chase Elliott has a ton of skill because the comment I saw a few weeks ago where he won a race and the guy's like, ah, he's got no skill. Bullcrap, he's got skill. And last year when everyone was saying he can't win anything unless it's a road course, well, we already know that's garbage because he was a serious champion and he didn't win that on a road course. Um, the other thing I want to say is the conspiracies about how NASCAR is giving Elliott the win because he's the golden boy. Um, I, I think we can obviously say that's, that's crap because when oh we know the last time 62 years since a, the race winner has been qualified from a race so i don't think in 62 years of it not happening being very unprecedented that nascar's gonna be like oh well we better qualify these two so elliot can win the race uh so let's put our tinfoil hats away on that one but this is a big deal man i think elliot's got a lot of momentum amos obviously this is your guy Chris's guy's a cheater. Your guy's the winner as a result. You know, it happens sometimes. Um, are you getting the Kyle Larson feel from Elliott's end of the season, regular season performance headed into the chase, or is it just me? No, I, I there's definitely similarities. I mean, he's two wins on the rest of the field thus far in the season. Like we said, he's the favorite at this weekend's Indianapolis road course. Uh, the schedule brings up a couple of more decent courses for him before the end of the regular season. So, I mean, there's definitely opportunity to pick up a win or two more. I I mean, I know I said last week that his streak would end, and, and technically it did because he, you know, honestly finished third, but is yeah. getting credit for the win. I didn't think it would be a third-place finish. So, I mean, we weren't that – I wasn't – we weren't that far off in predicting he would have another strong finish. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the the nine teams definitely picked up on something. They're running well. I think the court the the tracks that they've been to over the last so he has what five top two finishes, uh six top ten finishes in the last six races. So they're they're hitting their stride. He's gaining points on everybody, over a hundred point lead, two two more race wins than Ross Chastain. So um now, having said all that, that's great. You're going to go into the start of the chase with four wins. You're probably going to be the points leader based on your playoff points you've accumulated through the year. Yeah, You know, that's great. You're going to get 15 extra points probably because you're going to be the regular season champion. Great. Hang your hat on all that stuff. But if you don't perform the last 10 races of the year, none of what happened in the first 26 really matters. Uh-huh. So... Um, you kind of get the sense and hope that he's not peaking too early in the season and will kind of taper off towards the end. So, but I mean, this race just proves that you kind of have to, no matter what, how your car's running, you know, if you have a third place car, run third place because yep. you never know what's going to happen. Like, look at Kevin Harvick, he got caught up in the melee, he possibly could have been the third place car. So, um, he was trending pretty well in that race yeah. too, and I know I know a lot of people pointed that out. So I'm sure he's not happy today. Oh, I'm sure he's not. But uh, Elliot did put himself in that position, right? And and that's what I've said like last week. Like 
You guys disagreed with me a little bit on how I felt the number nine was going to progress over the next few races leading to the end of the regular season where I was like, you know, they're going to, whatever type of car they have, that's what they're going to, they're going to push to finish with that. So he had a third place car. He didn't lead any laps. He qualified well. He was, he gained stage points. So, I mean, I, he's, they're just putting themselves in the position to garner points and, and keep the momentum going forward. Yeah. Um, I think, I think he's just gotta, I, I don't want to say it cause I, you know, I don't want to be so right twice in two years in a row. Um, but last year, I felt like it was a lot earlier than this. But last year, I was like, just give the freaking trophy to Larson already. Like, he's he's going to win it. I think it was after the All-Star race when I started saying that. But I'm almost getting that feeling with Elliott at this point. I mean, he has a 16-point gap in playoff points right now to Chastain, which is crazy. 105 in the driver points. And over this five-run stretch, uh, five-race stretch, he's he's gained on the field by like 76 points or some crazy number like that. And that's just that's just five races. Like to make up that kind of ground in five races is actually really impressive. So uh, I want to talk about a few other guys. And and Chris, I want to get your thoughts. I, okay, so first Logano. I don't know what's going on with this guy because. He is just disappearing towards the end of the season. I'm concerned. Obviously, that's my guy, and I'm concerned about that. And then another guy that's obviously fallen off the radar is uh, Alex Bowman. A little better race this week, um, but what do you think, man? Are there just some drivers that are locked in the playoffs that aren't shaping up to be in a very good position headed into the playoffs? Uh, some of them maybe you can add to the list, but really Bowman and, and Logano come to my mind as guys that are just not performing well at all as we have five races left in the regular season. Well, I'm not that concerned about Logano because mm-hmm. he's kind of one of them guys that just, okay, I'm in the chase. Now it's, you know, get to the finish at every race and then I'll address the, the championship when I get there, you know, uh, but it's not comforting to see where he's consistently running and finishing. You know, it's it is worse worrisome. You know, so that's my thoughts on Logano and William Byron. I or Bowman. I mean, did you say Bowman? You Bowman. Said, yeah, you said Bowman. I mean Byron too. We can Byron add Byron Bowman. In there. Well, yeah, because Byron. 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 Byron's sitting in fourth place, and he's not exactly setting the world on fire. And Alex Bowman is. He's one of those drivers, you know, that I'd love to root for. I'm serious, I would, but he's so inconsistent. I mean, he'll I don't know. I just don't know how to describe it. He's just very inconsistent and it frustrates the crap out of me because I know the kind of equipment he's driving in. Yeah. You know, he should be finishing higher up consistently. Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at the driver standings, Logano and Byron were definitely higher and they've just fallen and fallen. Logano's in seventh, and Byron's in ninth, and Bowman is in eleventh. But his last few races have been pretty rough. So you know, this, like Elliott's gone on this tear over the last five. Bowman is DQ'd in three of those five, and you just get this sense that if it wasn't for Byron's two wins earlier in the season, he'd be in a really rough position towards that bottom of of the playoff pitcher. Uh, we didn't get a new winner this week, Chris and Amos. So I'll go to Amos first on this one. 
Um, do you think that we were maybe overselling it a little last week, uh, last week on the on the hope for the 17? I wanted 16. You said 17 maybe, but you also said, ah, maybe not even going to get one more. Um, five races left. Uh, what's your thoughts after this net, this last race on that whole discussion? Okay, real quick, just want to throw something in on Joey Logano. Mm-hmm. Ford in general is sucking <laughs> right now. I, I, it's not Except just McDowell. Like, it's not just well, but we know why McDowell's been running well. He's been messing with parts, right? Damn so, um, yeah, I, I agree with Chris Logano. Not a lot to worry about, but Ford has some stuff they need to figure out that will help. Logano, Blaney, McDowell, guys like that. All right. Um, so to answer your question, so I think we discussed last week that Pocono was not going to produce a, a, a first-time career win and or a first-time winner this season. Mm-hmm. I think we all felt pretty confident that it would be a veteran that would win this race, which technically it was, and then obviously a winner that has been given the – credit for winning the race mm-hmm. i i think the top 10 kind of it tells us that that's what we said is how the finishing order echoed there I were only two drivers prior to the dq that hadn't won a race in the top 10 exactly so, so yeah um i think that's just kind of what pocono dictates i mean kurt bush phenomenal in practice strong first round of qualifying puts it in the wall he's one of the most seasoned drivers on the circuit There's really no reason for him to do what he did in qualifying. And then on top of that, puts him out of the race in general. So uh, that just tells you how hard of a hit that was. But, you know, I'm not surprised by the results of this race. You know, so moving forward, I think as we look at the schedule, there still is an opportunity for us to get to 16 to 17 winners, sure. Uh, We're running Um, out of chances, though. Yeah, I mean, the chances are very slim. I just don't see... I mean, Daytona and this week at Indy, really, I feel like are our only two opportunities where we garner a new winner for the season. All right, let's puts go two us for to two. 16. Two for two. I don't think it puts us over the 16 mark. Yeah. Um, I'd be very surprised if Michigan, Richmond, or Watkins Glen produce a, a new winner or a first-time winner, period. So... I think we hit it spot on. I think we're kind of narrowing down the those who are going to be contenders, who are going to be talked about in each round, mm-hmm. and those that are going to struggle and bounce early. So I still maintain Blaney's win in Richmond. So we're going to get that 15, and then I'm going to be very sad when it's just one away and we don't get it. Uh, all right. <laughs> so five races left in the regular season, Chris. Um, would you say you are looking forward to one of the five more than any of the others or equally to them all? Well, I like these last five races. I, I, I love Daytona. I just don't like where it's at in the schedule, Yeah, as I've said before. Yes, he's consistent on this. Yeah. This yeah. is true. Uh, I got to tell you, if I was sitting in Ryan Blaney's shoes after the way he finished last week, mm-hmm. even with the DQs and that, I think I'd be a little bit nervous about the situation because he's sitting in 15th. He's 105 <laughs> points up. Yeah. But the problem with that is, is is two races. You could make up that 105 points pretty quick. If he doesn't stay on the track, he's screwed. Yeah, but he's, yeah exactly. He had, That's Chris's point. He's not he had what? He had a 
had like a hundred and forty or hundred and thirty point lead. It's so down to one hundred and five. Yeah. <laughs> and he's and that's why I say he in my mind he's he's the guy on the bubble and he's sitting here going, uh, I got to win a race or I got to finish a race, you know. But Oof. more to the point, I got to win a race. Yeah. Or he's going to slide out of there. And I don't think, you know, as much as it pains me, I think Kurt Busch might kind of be on the bubble, but he's got a little bit of a, uh, you know, a mulligan here because he's he's going to get the qualification for the race, Yep. you know, by virtue of the concussion protocol. Because they're not going to push him to get back in that car early. Right. So I think Kurt Busch is a little more comfortable where he's sitting. But, uh, you know, it's it's getting down to crunch time. I mean, it just, it really is, you know. Blaney should probably be happy uh, that Harvick had some misfortune in that race. Because let's say he didn't. I mean, Harvick's 83 points behind the line now. If he doesn't, if he has, maybe even if he wins that race, then it gets really interesting. Because then Truex is actually out, and Blaney's right on the line now. And then we're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. The problem with Harvick is... It, you know, I'll just be straight up. I look at these next five races. I don't see him. I don't see him winning any one of the next five. No. He hasn't shown us anything to say and that I he would. And I think he's going to struggle to have good finishes in yeah. the next five. That's, I mean, but let's say he finishes like in the top five this year or this race, and then the two DQs happen. He finishes even higher. You know, top three finish for Kevin Harvick in this race. That line just got massively cut, right? Because of Blaney's misfortune. And then, oh, they could have inspected Truex's car, but they didn't, and he would have been in even more trouble. Oof. JGR would have, at least. It, it, this just goes to show you that last week we were kind of we were kind of like, well, there could be more winners, but the 16 that are in right now maybe most likely are our 16. But it really does go to show that anything can happen with this playoff system, and that's really what I love about it in some ways. I know it frustrates some people, but it's it's so entertaining in, in other ways at the same time. Uh, all right, anything else to say about this Pocono race? We're going to review our picks, give out our driver awards, uh, Amos? No, I'm good. Okay. You didn't take a nap, but you didn't watch most of the race either. So. Yeah, I wish I'd have been able to take a nap. I was, <laughs> I was quite busy through. I mean, I listened to what I could on mm-hmm. the uh, – Radio broadcast through Sirius XM, but uh, I, I mean, I don't really feel like I missed a lot based on what I've seen. Other than I would like to have been around for the post race inspection and see faces when they're <laughs> like uh, the eleven and the eighteen. Can we have a meeting? Unfortunately, leave all your shit in the garage and everybody else get out. That video is weird, huh? Yeah. Unfortunately, with the current network that is covering the races. They probably didn't bother to cover the post race. They're like festivities. Let's get out of here. We gotta go watch some dog training running yeah. thing. Is okay. that what came on? After? No, I don't know. That's just what they did I, that one time. I don't know. Um, all right, any anything to leave Pocono with, Chris? Uh, it sure turned the standings upside down a little bit. You know, with the people that didn't win and the pe- people that didn't finish. You know, more to the point, so... Elliot's loving it. I know he's got to be all diplomatic and be like, oh, no, I don't celebrate this win. But, you know, like, in private, he's like, oh, yeah, let's go, baby. Well, it didn't hurt him. Let's I just be. put it that way. Whatever. His comments were, were trash. I would have been like, that's right, I won that race. See what happens when you cheat, boys. And then I'd text Denny Hamlin, you better be 
Let's see where are we go. I'll going? be collecting uh, my trophy in Victory Lane at the next race. <laughs> when so we go I to Indianapolis, two. you better have that trophy for me, boy. <laughs> All right, uh, let's hand I out our awards. Sounds like the trophy's on eBay if anybody's interested. <laughs> I suspect it may have already changed hands. No, he said he doesn't want it. But Hamlin said he's going to sell it, so that's funny. Oh, okay. All right, Pocono, uh, driver of the day, Amos. It was an easy pick. It probably still is an easy pick, uh, but then they got disqualified. So <laughs> who do you want to go with, Amos? <laughs> <sighs> do we have to pick here? Because this is, I mean, the way the race so shook out. So what's funny, kinda... the DQs happen, right? And then I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, who would it be? And then the guy that I was like, oh, that's who I'll go with. He got fined and dinged, so McDowell's out. The top two guys that dominated are out. Um, so I'll, I'll just make my pick and say Chess Elliott because qualifies third, finishes third, put himself in the position uh, to take advantage of the DQs. I know it's probably boring, but that's who I'll go with. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I, I mean, it's not necessarily boring. I think so. Let's go with uh, I'm going to say Daniel Suarez. Okay. He finished in third uh, as the race. Is officially stated fifth on <laughs> Sunday. Yeah, uh, either but way, he, he had a top five. Sure, but he finished yeah. third and sixth in the stages. Um, he's garnered some points. He's still running up front after his race win in Sonoma, kind of solidifying the fact that his win is not just an out of the blue win. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure Daniel Suarez, Ross Chastain, and Trackhouse are feeling pretty sporty about heading into the chase right now. So. Um, yeah, Daniel Suarez, strong shout-out, though, to Eric Jones for his ninth-place finish. All right, what do you got, Chris? Well, I agree with Amos on the Daniel Suarez comments, but I, I, I've i got to say that I am going to pick Tyler Reddick. All right, we're going to go with the top three. because, And the reason I'm going to pick Tyler Reddick is because, you know, given all the controversy that was surrounding him from the prior weeks, with his contract extension and then signing yeah. on with 23XI. <laughs> and, you know, I, he was able to put all that aside and have a second place or fourth place finish, depending on how you're looking at it. And I think that's pretty impressive, personally. All right. Rookie of the day, uh, highest finisher. Was he a cheater? Was he a cheater? Yeah. Who? I don't know who who finished highest. Oh, I <laughs> they're all cheaters. Get rid of them all. Harrison Burton. <clears throat> all right, you want to go with Harrison Burton? Well, he was he. You know that's the Sunuko, Sunuko, Sunuko rookie of the race per Jayski, and I believe that made him the highest quali- or highest finisher of the rookies. All so, right, sounded like he led some lap or he led four laps too. So oh well, if he led four laps, so I was gonna go with Justin Haley. Um, that actually finished two spots above him. So, you know what? If Harrison Burton lit some laps, though, let's go with him. That's uh, my pick. Chris? Yeah, I'm going to go with him, too. All right. Well, look at that. Four laps led. Because somewhere along the, the line, I actually saw where he was leading, and I don't know how I picked up on that. But All right. Who's the team of the day? Of course, it was an easy one to go with JGR. And then you're like, <laughs> cheater, cheaters. Uh, so, Amos? It's um, it's a little harder now. Sure, it, it's a little harder. I mean, obviously JGR had a great race weekend. So whether they whether the rest of the teams were cheating, Toyota teams were cheating. It's hard to say, but mm-hmm. um, so I'm gonna give my shout out to uh, RCR Austin Dillon finished tenth. Tyler Reddick 
finished in second, so pretty solid day for RCR. Yeah, I'm also going to the RCR. Um, if JGR doesn't get in trouble, that's definitely my vote. Sure, but I agree. But 10th place for Dylan, um, 12th and then to 10th, I'll take it. That's a good day for RCR. I'll go with RCR. The trifecta. All right. I mean, I was thinking about track house for a minute based on how uh, Suarez finished. Yeah. But then we had the Chastain debacle, so that's kind of wash. I will say Hendrick finished good, too. Bowman, Correct. Uh, Bowman and Byron were 11 and 12, so I, I really can't say um, that RCR was, like, tons better. Maybe you could make the argument because Elliot technically did win the race, but, you know. I think I think I like the RCR pick from us. All right, let's go review our picks. Um, <laughs> it got rough. So I totally thought that I nailed this one because I picked Bush and Hamlin, but that was actually last week's picks. So this week's picks were even worse for me. So anyway, <laughs> uh, let's go oh, with winner. Fallen. Winner, Amos, you picked Kyle Bush. Was a great pick, and then he's a cheetah cheetah. Finishes 36th officially. Uh, Chris, you went with Ryan Blaney, gets wrecked out, finishes 33rd, and I went with Bowman. <laughs> Who finishes 11th, and I get the point for that. Dang. All right, pole sitter. Uh, furthest away was Chris, William Byron in 18th. I went with Joey. My guy let me down in 14th. And uh, Amos, you picked maybe another Cheetah Cheetah in Wallace. Qualified 7th. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot substantiate that, so pure speculation. All right, uh, we picked closest two for Chase's finishing place. Furthest away was Chris, who went with 35th. Way off. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> uh, I went with 13th because he didn't get caught cheating <laughs> I went with 13th which was closer but Amos got closest with 6th place Yeah, he ends up technically winning the race finished 3rd before the DQs um, so 2 points for Amos he's on the march Chris Come he's coming back. for you I can feel it. <laughs> 0 for Chris <sighs> and 1 for me makes it 28 for me 22 for Chris and 18 for Amos so Amos has closed the gap over the last Wait, 4 what? races 22? by a lot 22? 22 for you. And he's at 18? You've scored one point in the last five races. Oh, Lordy, I better get, I better get with How many program. have I garnered over the last five? Four races ago, Chris, you were three points. You were one race to me, and now. Um, well, you've you've had six over the last four. because I keep thinking so with my good. heart instead of my brain. Okay, well, you got to think with your brain. Uh, for our race in Indianapolis, we're going to go with winner, pole sitter, and the average finish of the six Toyotas. <laughs> this should be a good one. All right, uh, let's go to Indianapolis Road Course. It should be an entertaining race, I think. It was last year. Uh, obviously, I think the best part of the race was the little bump absolutely destroying Corey LaJoy, and then and then the curb taking everyone out. That was fun to watch. Um, it was mayhem. Suarez's iconic interview was, I mean, I'm never going to get that where he was, I don't know if it's iconic for everyone else out there, but it's iconic for me because I was laughing so hard that I was going to pee my pants. The curb took everyone out, and he's blaming the drivers because they don't know what they're doing. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I love it. Um, trying to start fights. You imagine he's <laughs> fighting someone in the garage. What are you doing? I was fifth. Uh, <laughs> all right, um, Amos, you've said uh, that the road courses uh, in Indianapolis... Or no, sorry, Chris, you said that the road course in Indianapolis uh, should be entertaining and, and a lot of fun. So uh, what do you think is going to make it fun this year? Are you predicting another big spin well, <laughs> around uh, the curb? <laughs> Roger Penske now owns Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and I can guarantee you the curbs aren't going to come up this year. Okay, good. <laughs> That's just how he rolls. Um, 
Yeah, I think it's going to be an entertaining race. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I, I kind of like road racing with the cup cars, you know. Uh, I think we're going to see some. I think we're going to see some movers and shakers in this race, though, because you know we're getting down to where we've got, you know, four or five races left, and guys have got to really get their crap together, you know. Yeah. That's not going to re- be reflected in who I pick to win the race, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I just think that there's going to be some people that are going to be pretty aggressive, and they're going to try to stay at the front. They're going to get to the front, try and stay at the front. Uh-huh. All right, uh, Amos, you prefer the road course? You want us to go back to the old Indianapolis uh, track the way it was before? Um, what do you think? You like the road course? Well, the road course is batting about the same average for mayhem and melee as the uh, oval was in the last several years. So um, I think Indy's probably just happy in general. NASCAR's coming back, mm-hmm. whether it's the road course or the oval. Um, I feel like the the oval's probably more traditional for NASCAR to be running on. I, I'm not sure how this next-gen car would handle that track. I feel like it did pretty well at Pocono, so I think that the the car would fare well as far as uh, on the oval. The The biggest gripe with the oval when we run there in the past was the tire wear. Obviously, tire wear is not a huge issue, but just tires in general have been an issue. Uh-huh. Not so much lately, so I guess I wouldn't be disappointed if they went back to the oval. And I, I'm not disappointed that they're staying on the road course either. So I think the little debacle with the curb has, will not play an issue this year. I agree with Chris. I think it's going to be a kind of a as far as moving and shaking, I think it's going to separate the field that much more. And uh, I, I, But I, having said that, this earlier in the program, was, was a, this was a race that I thought maybe we could get Race number winner fifteen out of this race, so <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. But I, it should be a good race nonetheless. All right, so the road course two point four four miles. Um, kind of, it's it's an infield course, so you know it's flat, no inclines. Maybe a little more technical with the tight turns on the track. Not a ton of area to really pass and make up a ton of ground. So I think qualifying will be pretty important for this race. Uh, usually it is when you when it comes to uh, the road course races. So with that being said, um, the qualifying should be entertaining to watch. Obviously we'll pick that. Uh, what else do you want to say about this race, Chris? Uh, I think you can give your five-star review for this since we've been there once last year. Uh, what do you got? Well, Indianapolis Motor Speedway is going to get a five-star review from me no matter what because, oh, yeah. because of the facility and the way it's run and just the whole bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to give it a five-star. All right. Uh, I hope the race holds up to that. Okay. <laughs> well, we do too. Uh, and we had an Almondinger win this race last year. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, Amos, you don't project. You don't predict quite that amount of drama. But it would be pretty entertaining to see something like that again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the dinger back-to-back, that would be, be pretty crazy. Um, but I feel like now that the, the, the Cup Series has had a full year, or, a, or not a full year, they're coming back for an additional year, uh, and, and the track's going to hold together. But, I mean, Amendinger won the race. He was racing well. Yeah. There may have been a little bit of the incident on track that 
give him the opportunity. But had he not been running well, it wouldn't have mattered. Mm-hmm. Either way, you know, you got to put yourself, as we've seen at Pocono, in a position to win regardless of the circumstances that may unfold. So, but yeah, I, I don't see. There's a chance, but it's not like a 75% chance that we get something crazy winner this year. All right. Uh, anything else to add you to make our picks? No. Chris? Good. I'm good. He's good. All right. Amos is going to lead us off. Ten points behind the leader, four points behind second place, trying to salvage the year with 15 races to go. It's going to heat up now. Uh, who's going to be your winner, Amos? Uh, my race winner is going to be Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson. He right. led uh, – 28 laps last year. He's pretty sporty on road courses. He hasn't necessarily had the most stellar, like, flashy season, but he has a race win. He's in the chase. But he's he's consistently finishing the races. He's garnering good finishes. I mean, in the playoff standings, he's the... He's garnered the most points of anyone with one win, so Mm. he... I think he's just kind of doing what he needs to to stay consistent and provide himself the opportunity for a win, and I feel like this weekend is where he picks up number two. All right, Chris, who are you going to roll with? Well, I'm going to stay in the Hendrick Motorsports camp. All right. I was thinking William Byron because he led a lot of laps last year. Yeah, and then the curb got him. Yeah, Ugh. and then the curb got him. The curb monster. But I think I'm going to go with the odds maker on this one because I need to make up points oh. in our standing. So I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. All right, confirm. Chase Elliott, blown engine, lap four. Uh, nice. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, okay, I like where you guys are at, but I'm going to go with someone that needs a good performance, needs some momentum going into the playoffs. Hasn't had a great run lately. Uh, he'll make the playoffs, though, so I'm going to go with Austin Sendrick. Find some momentum and... And has a good race. I don't necessarily know if he wins because I think I would pick those two other guys you picked. But Cindric needs something to go his way, and this could be a good race for him. Let's see if they can qualify him well, and then he'll race his madman road course skills through the field. Uh, speaking Which of the pole, he polls, does have those. He does, and I think it's a little too much for the car, but he does have them. Uh, all right, speaking of the poll, Amos, that's our next pick. Who do you want to go with? Hmm. Uh... I don't know. This is kind of a hard, tough one. Um, well, I say that we uh, keep it in the Hendrick camp and go with William Byron as the pole sitter. Will he be? All right. Chris? I like that pick, but I've been looking at the weather forecast. Oh, no. That's not what we want. <laughs> And don't tell us it's gonna rain. Well, it's a twelve percent chance. Oh, that's this, so low. This is Indianapolis, Indiana. <laughs> I <laughs> think the field's gonna be set by points, so I'm gonna go with Chase Elliott. Oh no! Wow. But even if it, that that they have, even if they do have qualifying, he can still get on the pole. So he could. You just picked Elliot twice. I know. We don't see that a lot on the show. Uh, it's probably going to be a jinx on him. I'm <laughs> going to have to apologize next week, but hey. All right. I will go with one of the guys that I think is more likely to perform well, and uh, I like Kyle Larson. So I, I think I would pick him as the winner. 
Uh, maybe not. Maybe. If I could, I think I might have. Um, so I'm going to say he has a good qualifying performance, and he'll get on the pole. All right, now here's a good one. Average finish of those six Toyotas after the chaos that's ensued from last weekend in Pocono. Are they worse off? Do they get a little better? Uh, so obviously we'll take the finish of them all, add them up, divide them by six. Amos, where do you like the Toyotas to averagely finish this race? Well, given the fact that their little faux pas at Pocono was more faux pas centered around <laughs> what a word <laughs> was centered around arrow and downforce, which I mean I'm speculating, but why else would you try to doctor your car? I mean it's not so. I mean arrow and downforce is the king in NASCAR, but. Having said all that, I don't think arrow and downforce is as critical on road courses. I think your car needs to be technical. You have to have a sound driver, sound team, good setup. Kyle Busch is a road course winner. Denny Hamlin, I believe, is a road course winner. I can't. I don't know that for sure. Um, Martin mm-hmm. Truex Jr. is a road course winner. Christopher Bell, Kurt Busch, Bubba Wallace has been kind of sporty. I, I, not I on feel, road courses, though. No. He 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 kills the average on this race. But <laughs> having said all that, I give an average finish of 10th place. 10th? That's still very high. Well, I, you know, whether you want to say that Joe Gibbs Racing is a bunch of cheaters or not, Cheetah, it cheetah. doesn't matter. They have not cheated for the organization's total amount of wins. Mm. Kurt Busch, well, Denny on, Hamlin, Truex Jr., they are all very good drivers. They have great road course experience. But, I mean, let's be honest. It is a road course that's technical. There's just not a lot of guys that are going to – the law of average is going to take its toll here and for the better for JGR. All right, Chris, what do you got? Well, after I made my bold prediction of the points or the field being set by points – uh huh. I had an epiphany. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I realized that this is a road course. Well, I'm glad you've come to the party. <laughs> well, that means that they're going to run qualifying even if the weather's crappy and raining. Oh, no. Good thing you picked Chase Elliott then. Yeah. Uh, so along those <laughs> lines, having point. made well, that foo-paw. Yeah, but you picked Chase Elliott, so I, I mean, I know. that's still okay. So, Fupa. Did we just get the word foo-paw twice yeah. on this show? Faux-pa. It's foo-paw. I said it Sorry. Yeah. So I'm going to go, I'll see Amos's 10th and raise it to 8th. 8th. As an mm-hmm. average. All right, so I'm going to take the more cynical approach. Uh, I think that they get scattered throughout the field, and I think Bush will race well, and then obviously Wallace will be towards the back because road courses have just been his nemesis this year for him. And then we have, I think it's going to be very scattered from like 5th to 27th you know in that range so that's why i think i'll go with around a i'll go with 17th i'll go lower um but like amos said the skill will show in this race but i i just think that the average is gonna get hurt because i think they're gonna be on a microscope and they're gonna be like oh we're very good look at us nascar model model rule followers and i think their cars (laughs) might suffer all right uh that should be good uh, let's let's give our final thoughts and then get out of here. Show's running a little long today, so let's let's make it quick, Amos. Um, 
very rare occasion at Pocono that the winner's disqualified yeah. and second place. Um, I just goes to show that NASCAR is serious. They rule <laughs> with an iron fist. Yes. And it's just crazy to me to think that tape the size of your screen protector, basically, right, will create that much of an arrow advantage. So, mm-hmm. but uh, I am a little happy we're going to go to a track that's not so arrow dependent. Yeah. <laughs> that maybe we won't. I mean, the story's going to get beat to death. This coming week in the broadcast, right? I mean, that's awesome. all we're going to hear about. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm excited. It's a road course race just for the fact that it's going to break it up, mm-hmm. and they can't just beat to death if that is, in fact, what the tape or the advantage that JGR was looking for, quote-unquote, uh-huh. isn't a huge issue this weekend. All right, Chris, final thoughts for today's show? I'm going to slip right to the weather because you're – you know, we're running long, so... I know, I'm like, okay, Amos, make it fast. All right, two minutes later, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Friday. Yeah. Uh, 8162, 14% chance. Saturday, 8163, 6% chance. And Sunday, we're going to have an 81 degree, 68 for the low, and 38% chance of rain. All right, break out the rain tires, potentially. Yeah. If they put on and those stupid wipers. blinking lights, man. <laughs> and oh windshield wipers. Don't forget the windshield wipers. All right, we're going to get out of here, guys. The race will start at 2.30 Eastern time. It's coming on NBC. Wow, they actually know how to put it on on a main network. Say it ain't so. Channel, huh? Whoa. All right, Uh, 2.30. Until it hits the rain delay, and then it gets bumped (laughs) back to USA. No, no, no rain delay on road courses. I don't want that crap. Um, 2.30 on NBC. We'll break it all down next week, and whatever crazy news comes out. We've had multiple weeks of just weird news uh, so, you know, shows are going a little long, but hopefully you guys are enjoying them. If you are, leave us a review or rating. We'd appreciate it. Seeing a few of those uh, tick up again, so that's nice. Uh, we'll be back next weekend. Have a good rest of your day, guys. Enjoy the race. Peace out. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Electric Sports Talk. Join us in future episodes as we discuss all things U.S. soccer, collegiate sports, mixed martial arts, motorsports, the NFL, MLB, and the Olympics. If you enjoy our content, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, or shoot us an email to electricsportstalk at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and subscribe. Thanks for listening.